0: The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmitz.
1: Y'all do not even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now,
0: roll tide. And Mark Cranek. Time has come for someone to put
2: his foot down,
0: and that foot is me.
2: Welcome to It Weekend Editions here at Tail Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Mark Cradak on assignment. He'll be with us here momentarily. Uh, what uh, a pretty pleasant morning, right? It's 20 below wind chills here in the great state of Nebraska. We're all south parked up with our stocking hats. The pups are up. They're excited. They watched the Polynesian Bowl last night and are uh, on speed dial for uh, for any seats they can get for for next season and beyond. Elijah, how you doing? Good evening. Last night and uh, good to see you this morning, man.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, it was good to watch the Polynesian Bowl. I think a lot of what I said uh, yesterday when previewing that that game turned out to be uh, the truth in terms of a little bit of sloppiness. wasn't the best statistical night from Dylan Raiola, but his, uh, his some of his physical talent did completely jump off the screen at you so that was good i am good it's a saturday morning the
2: question everyone's asking though i'm sure is where is mark cranak cranak's in route he was out searching for a cup of coffee this morning and we'll get him in brandon first in as uh we are going to do roll call our starting five eric checks in this morning patrick uh and uh then uh mr jeff snitley and Lance rounds out our starting five. Rick checks in uh, off uh, right outside that starting five. Uh, Lance there. Uh, Tim is in. We're just going to shout out a few. And uh, Elijah. Elijah uh, rounds it out. So Jonathan checks in. So we love uh, doing this. Brennan uh, also says hello. So, Brennan says uh, Go ahead. Britton says present. Present, he does. <laughs> so, uh, Black Hills, Brennan, uh says present. But welcome to party along with us this morning uh, here on the Hale Varsity Weekend Edition. And to do so, tell a friend, uh, like and subscribe. I need to promote that more. But subscribe to the Hale Varsity YouTube channel and uh, find the podcast Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, is uh, where you go to hear the audio, the video, the Hail Varsity YouTube channel can watch this live as well. Hail Varsity Radio, Twitter at H Radio, KFOR Sports on Twitter, KFOR Facebook on Twitter. So we have a lot to get to today. Going to be a big weekend. Uh, you have junior uh, weekend happening with Nebraska. You have a, a talented uh, incoming uh, edge rusher. Uh, that is supposed to visit this weekend. Kanoa Wilhite, uh, Washington commit that went to Portaling after DeBoer went to Alabama. So that's on our mind. We'll hit the Polynesian Bowl, not just Dylan Raiola, but Carter Nelson looked fantastic. Tamua played well on the offensive line. Glenn Thomas news this week. As we kind of recap the week that was, Nebraska's got their quarterback coach, and co-offensive coordinator. Uh, we I, I don't know if you'll ever get over a, a loss like Rutgers. It sticks in your craw as a Nebraska basketball fan, but a chance to turn the page for Nebraska basketball today, get back to their winning ways. Notch win 14 already. Uh, easier said than done. Nebraska's favored by four and a half as uh, they have Northwestern on the docket. It is Danny Knee Day. That is incredible. We love catching up with Jeff Smith yesterday, assistant for Nebraska. And uh, Coach Knee is is just a treasure. And uh, they celebrate not only his first team, but that 93-94 Big 8 Tournament Championship team. So uh, all those things. But kind of my theme this morning is coming attractions, right? Uh, I haven't been to a movie in a while. But when you do go, it's okay to be late because there's about 15 minutes of Here's what's happening. Here's what's uh, on the docket from Hollywood. And, uh, and then your movie eventually starts after getting punched in the face for beer, soda, or popcorn. Although movie theater popcorn is second only to uh, Memorial Stadium or PBA popcorn. There he is. Aloha, Mark Cranach. How you doing? How you doing? Good, good to, good see, to you. See, we'll see you. Is your name now a
1: sponsorship? In. For those that are listening, not going to see this, but Mark has jumped in with the name. <laughs> Mark, sponsored by Your Biz Here. So Mark has, has put his own name up on the stream up for, for sponsorship for any prospective buyers
2: out there. I love that. The <laughs> next thing we know, there's going Let's to be talk. a NASCAR-type suit Cranach shows up in, and it's just going to be patches <laughs> all over his sport coat or sweatshirt. And you're thinking Listen. your wheels are turning great now. No, no,
1: put it you have to get that, that sweatshirt with the with the cougar on the front of it. It's sponsored no. by me. Are you talking about Mrs. Knee? Wow.
3: No, no. on the front? Oh, oh, okay. Different <laughs> cougar. Cool. So I was, you can't I was start just there yet. <laughs> Sorry. Good morning. Uh, yeah. good to see you. So yeah, so, yes. Yeah, some folks that can't see it, like like Elijah mentioned. Uh my, my name on the stream is Mark sponsored by your biz here. So let's just talk about how this show can help your business succeed in the modern era. We have let's, a lot of packages available. Let's get into that. Let's get into that
2: after we talk uh, Polynesian bull, okay. that's why folks are tuned in. <laughs> Got it. Got what's, it. Your e- what's your email, Mark? What is hey. your email? Folks can reach out to you. Hey, listen though. We, for, uh, f- first,
3: if we had a good sponsorship, we would be in Hawaii right now.
2: Like, <laughs> we'd be at the Polynesian Bowl. That's what I'm no, saying. We'd be hung over in jail. <laughs> it's, it's potential. Come on,
1: I'll It's like yeah, 3, 3, 3 a.m. in Hawaii right now, I'm pretty sure. So we'd, we'd have a hell of a time on this Saturday Actually, morning we
2: would be we would be uh, making our way to do a pod after we close down the bars.
3: Exactly.
1: <laughs> so. where, where we'd give
3: people the real
2: facts. Uh-huh. Real truth, Luau's are for real, and they the no BS.
3: It's the no BS show, you know. Yeah, not the, the after, not that we're BS. Usually,
2: we're not that, the after dark the, show. But yeah. <laughs> Poly, Polynesian Bull, all right, uh, Dylan Raiola, Carter Nelson, Tamua, uh, go. No, listen, um, you had Dylan make some some really nice throws, and I said coming attractions, right? All those. Uh, movies that are set to be released before the, the main feature. Uh, Nebraska fans got a chance, a glimpse last night, to see and let their imagination run wild a little bit in an all-star game in Hawaii with just some of the natural talent and throws that Dylan Raiola can make and did make uh, on his completions. And Nebraska fans love them uh, some tight end up the seam route and uh, you saw a nice early completion to, to Carter Nelson Carter Nelson led all receivers uh three catches 65 yards and what's cool is as as much as the quarterback rotation was going on uh things settled in and, and Dylan had a chance to put some some drives together in that third quarter and lead his team back from from being down and in in a, in a bit of a hole and his team ended up winning 28-17 and uh 7 to 15 111 yards one interception but some nice slant routes some nice seam routes some nice uh side throws uh to the edge of the field so pretty impressive for him he was comfortable and uh Carter Nelson looked super comfortable I know Tamua gave up a sack, but then settled in. And what's cool is Tamua was going against like the, the, the top two defensive tackles in the country that are coming into to 2024. So, you know, Tamua's been talked to about playing tackle, not just uh, left guard, but the guy looks good early with that size and footwork ability. So, a nice showcase, fellas, for Nebraska, not only on the NFL network, but a nice showcase for Nebraska fans. As they uh, got a chance, a glimpse at the future with Nebraska on the offensive side of the football,
1: and, and we do have a, an opportunity here for Mark Eric has has offered his fire suit from Daytona Five Hundred. Ooh, wow. I'm, I'm wondering what Eric's day job is. That's is that like a, a fan? Like, did you purchase a fire suit? I, I'd assume not. Or do you? That's interesting. you were for NASCAR what, to you? He might have worked it. Like, yeah. You, so
3: I'm guessing Eric worked it. And then has a, uh, yeah, because then, is that something you could also
1: put, like, uh, logos on? Oh, I would suit? pay to see Mark in a fire suit on the Saturday morning show of, the, of Hail Varsity.
3: <laughs> we, got, we got some good ones coming in. Look at Lance, too. Do you see what Lance had? Um, Lance said, Mark, I run a brothel. Is that an appropriate sponsor? <laughs> that depends on who you ask. Lance, that depends on who you
1: ask. Right, And look at that. Uh, Eric is, in fact, a NASCAR mechanic for Ricky Stenhouse, who I believe won the Daytona 500 last year. So that's that, awesome. That fire suit's probably Eric, worth something. Nice work. Nice work. That's
3: cool. I bet you, Eric, if I'm you, Eric, I'm like, Ricky doesn't win this without me.
2: I, I want to go back to the brothel like, owner. Um, he did
3: fine, but he didn't win without me. Like, he has no idea how much I tightened these lug nuts. He has no uh-huh. idea. I know you do more than that, Eric. I'm not...
2: Brandon Vogel has joined us and is threatening to... Believe us, if we don't. <laughs> he is not. Get to business. Uh, Counter Reed with Brandon Vogel, counterreed.com. vogues we we opened up and uh, in in Mister Hand form, aloha this morning, <laughs> and uh, we uh, we start off with the Polynesian bowl. We'll get some thoughts on on Glenn Thomas from you as well. But what would you think, man? Craig, uh, I know you have a take too, and Elijah, you and I kind of opened up with what we thought about the Polynesian bowl, not to overreact, but Nebraska fans pretty excited this morning.
0: Yeah. I I was only able to, to make it through the first half of that game. So, and honestly, it kind of felt like, Oh, this is an all-star game. This one might be over. But, uh, during that time, I think I saw what I kind of expected to see coming in, which I, I wasn't going in trying to read too much into anything. Of course. Um, but just watching Ryola throw the football, it, it looks different than than most high school guys that you see. It, it, it looks like what you, I think, expect a, a five star to look like. I mean, it's just kind of kind of effortless in, in those those first couple of drives he had. I think, you know, and they weren't throwing the ball all over the yard, um, minus the completion to Nelson. But like all of those passes were on the money. Um, you had the interception late in the first half, which seemed like maybe just a, a miscommunication. But it's just he he looked calm and cool. And, and granted, it's it's a pretty laid back atmosphere, um, not be, just because it's in Hawaii, but also because it's an All Star game in Hawaii. Um, so I think I think that was that was kind of it. Nothing nothing big. Just uh, like yeah, that that's how I expected it to look with with a guy of that caliber throwing the football.
3: And he had told on th- uh, Mike Zimmer had told on three earlier earlier in the week that uh, Dylan knew all the plays, like every, every single play, what every single position was supposed to do, and was the commander of that side of the ball too for an all star game. Like let's keep that in mind too, right? Like I think that it's a little bit of an insight on his uh, his personality, which doesn't sound too far away from from his dad Dom's. Uh, besides besides Raiola and his ability to throw the football his ability to stand in there, his willingness to stand in in there and throw it. Um, How about Carter Nelson? And and you think about Carter and, look, eight-man football player. has never played 11-man. Think about the competition level. That stark of a jump that he just experienced is probably the equivalent of almost like college to NFL, right? I mean, he's going from eight-man Nebraska to the best players in in high school football, 11-man. How do you think he acquitted himself?
0: completely looked like he belonged and in fact you know and it's it's different for any other position than than quarterback because you are asked or maybe you're not asked in a um in a all-star setting but dylan did it anyway to kind of take command and and be the ringleader anywhere else you kind of just get to go play (laughs) and carter nelson more than looked like he belonged um, when you think about that jump from, like you said, Nebraska eight man football to all of a sudden there's, there's a ton of five stars here. And I mean, he was, he was rated highly as well, but it's one of those things that you never, you never know until, until you see it. And he's, he's long, he's, he's uber athletic. Like you just look at him and say, any team in the country would kind of be, and I, I don't mean this as hyperbole. He just, he just looks the part. Like, you look at that guy and you're like, we can do a lot of things with a player like that, at that size, with that athleticism.
3: Boy, that was funny. Anybody that's uh, not watching the stream, for some reason, we everybody drank in the spot here Bok- was one, all... Two th- one, two, three,
2: drink. One, two, three,
0: drink.
3: Yeah, <laughs>
2: There was like a moment of silence uh, while everybody just hydrated. Well, we're, a moment good. of silence on that, that commentary, man, On on Carter Nelson. I loved it. Pour some on good. the curb for Brandon's commentary.
1: Yes.
3: Uh, <laughs> but no, that means it's dead. It was actually good. No,
2: no. Yeah. It was good. But... It's,
1: uh, it's uh, Brandon Vogel with us here on a Saturday morning edition. I'll jump Thanks. in here. It was my turn, so I do apologize for being thirsty. Um, yeah. Brandon, whenever you, you evaluate that game last night, what's your take with Dylan being the presumptive starter coming into this spring and coming into the fall? Did you see a quarterback that looked ready? for that moment do you think that that was a game where you are even able to gauge that with as you said it kind of being a, a high school all-star game almost a pro bowl of sorts what did you see in terms of the the side of Dylan Ryle is going to be your starter next Me, year did, did you see anything that that would lead you to believe anything one way or the other in terms of what he can do next season or, or is last night not a good representation of what he can be as a division one quarterback
0: I, th- I think I saw a player who has the physical tools to do that, and that's kind of all I went in there expecting to to garner. Um, it, he's he's not a player, obviously, who like, well, you're gonna have to clean up that throwing motion a little bit before you're you're ready to play Big Ten games, et cetera, et cetera, um, and then all the other stuff. Like, are you just ready for kind of the mental grind of of a college football season are you ready to to lead a team even as a as an 18 year old true freshman all of those things like we won't know know until we get there but i mean nebraska with the way their quarterback room is situated now and, and i don't want to be disrespectful to anybody but like they basically need him to be the starter right and they need him to be almost as good as advertised i think for a team that's Pretty well positioned to, I think, take a step forward, maybe more than a step forward in in 2024. Um, based on what we what we have now, like they've got a lot riding on 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 Dylan Riolà and or progression from Harburg, and, and you know, Kalen's also coming in as a true freshman. But everything we're talking about with Riolà also applies there, so. It's, um, it's, it's an interesting situation. It's going to be an interesting spring from that r- regard because I think we'll learn a little bit about where that QB, QB room sit, sits and what Nebraska might need to do going forward.
2: Let's tie this to the hire than Brandon. Brandon Vogel, Counter-Read with us, uh, counter uh, Glenn Thomas gets hired. It's uh, broken by our dear friend Mitch Sherman. And uh, then Nebraska, of course, puts their statement out. Was that Wednesday or Thursday? Might have been Wednesday. I don't know. This week's a blur. But point is this. It's not just quarterback's coach, but it's co-offensive coordinator. I know Dylan had made some comments this week about uh, just kind of paraphrasing it, you know, the excitement to, to all work together and do some big things. That's the synopsis. But, you know, Thomas has – a nice blend doesn't he of of NFL and college and not only landing in college but really starting from scratch in college where there's a couple of quarterbacks that have seen the NFL but it's not like they were household names those guys developed into Sunday guys that, that got shots and and went and performed and found a way to make a living in the NFL as a quarterback, as a spot starter, or as a backup. And then the, the, the variations of offenses. I mean, this, this looks pretty good for Nebraska uh, on top of the familiarity that there is with rule with Satterfield and with Thomas.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough to argue, I think with kind of the results that they have put together in the past. Um, we know how rule wants to build his teams we know how he built temple and baylor and how he said he's going to be it's going to be at nebraska it's going to be defense first this is not going to be a team that gives up 32 points a game but scores 42 consistently the only two times a, a rule offense has averaged 30 plus points is when thomas was in the fold and his first season with them um it, at temple in 2015 i think he was co-host with satterfield that year too they were a 29.8. So it's, you know, and there's, there's a ton to dig into there of like what they did and, and what kind of offense they actually ran um, and, and go back through some of those things with, with more time. But in, in terms of the pure points perspective, like <laughs> Thomas helped get them there and, and Satterfield was part of this, part of those staffs, except for the 2016 one. Um, so there's, there's, there's a good history here of, of those three pieces fitting together pretty well. Um, I think you needed, and then, and then when you talk about the quarterback coaching piece of it, um, you're obviously bringing in um, a player who you presume has NFL potential as, as a five star, you do that for for pretty five star, and you bring in a coach who, who's got some pretty good NFL experience. And you know, the, other th- the interesting thing about Taylor is like, I, I haven't been able to find any record of him playing at Texas Tech which is a rarity you you don't see coaches that that didn't play college football a whole lot um though mike Hmm. beach famously famously didn't um so that's interesting
2: he was under under the pirate for a while but wasn't thomas kind of a wishbone quarterback at east texas or easter or some what was the 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 town i think east lind thank you but uh yeah yeah, so he's <laughs> wishbone to air raid to pro style to to spread him out uh, pretty good. Yeah, that's, that's and pretty. He, good. And
0: he went straight straight from D two to the NFL too, which doesn't happen <laughs> mm-hmm. that often, does it? Yeah,
3: obviously. Now in the in the modern nil era, and in the modern you know get a five star. Who knows how much uh, Dylan's getting paid? Anybody know
2: like what? 1.72, something like that. I, who knows? I think uh, the window's got to be the yeah. market is what Rule said. of this presser probably between one and two. So so we're probably looking at a situation where the heralded quarterback makes
3: more than the quarterback coach in college, and the kid is like 18. Does he – does Rayola – does Rayola, sorry, does he get like veto rights on <laughs> which coaches get hired in any way? Like do we know that or, or is it just like – rules like i'm hiring this guy and that's just what's up or is he like consulting with dom and dylan and being like hey thinking about this guy what do you think like lebron james (laughs) i'm I'm serious though like really think about that i mean i think i think there's got to be
2: some trust right all right i'm gonna go play for this guy i trust that he's gonna hire the right guy i mean who knows though i mean i'm just saying it's a different world right vogues so who knows
0: it, it is um i imagine you know there's i mean given the history like i think uh this is the guy that matt rule was going to get um no matter w- what the quarterback room shook out as but given that riola was already in the fold at that point i think you you probably get <laughs> for a player of that stature from the family that he's from you probably get a courtesy call of like hey here's where we're going uh, i mean courtesy call metaphorically i'm guessing these conversations happened while dylan was was in lincoln um before he officially flipped uh saying here's here's where i'm going and here's why um so yeah i mean even that seems a little bit strange a a head head coach having to pitch it a little bit but right this is uh this is the way things work now
3: Brandon Vogel is with us on uh, on the Hale Varsity Weekend edition as we talk Polynesian Bowl and then we get set for Nebraska Northwestern today. Tip off at around one. Is it one 115 today, Central 115, time. one fifteen today? One fifteen. BTW. One fifteen. Danny knee day, time. baby. Danny knee baby. Danny knees making making his day his way back. It's a reunion weekend for former players. Uh, Nebraska might be the only team in America that has two cookies in the house. That'd, that'd be good. That'd be good. Uh, so. Boo Booey is, is making his return. The guy's played for like seven years. How, how do we feel about where Nebraska is? <sighs> Look on, on the road, they're one team. On At home, they're another. As you kind of scan the college basketball field, they feel like a true bubble team, but leaning towards out if they don't turn it around. Is that sort of how you see it?
0: Yeah. On on Thursday's show, (laughs) I essentially said, I think pretty close to the same thing to Chris and Elijah in that Mm -hmm. you got a team that, you know, is great at home when you've got those things in your favor, a crowd, uh, just the home court and you're not on the road. Um, you're a bubble team. Like that's, that's kind of what you are, uh, because the consistency just, just isn't there. Um, Right now, I think with a win over a number, the number one team in the country, and, and where Nebraska's net rating is, uh, Ken Palm, those sorts of things. Like, I think Ken Palm they're fifty fifth when I looked towards the end of this past this past week. That's bubble. That's that's <laughs> bubble. Um, so they need to they need to do some things. Uh, th- this Northwestern team is actually is is ranked ahead of Nebraska in, in Ken Palm. Um, it'd be a tough it'd be a tough tough out um so they've got to go got to go and win a game and uh, you know it's uh i think <laughs> as a nebraska basketball fan observer whatever like your hand always kind of just hovers over the panic button um, it, it never really leaves the vicinity you don't want to lose three straight um because then you're you're full on in, and maybe maybe nebraska's already there because uh, th- that ruckers ruckers loss was loss was a tough one but you don't want to be in a spot where it's like, well, that was a nice start. Now we're back to it mode. Because Nebraska kind of permanently exists in it mode. That's a good take.
1: And Brandon, I... as we look back at the 93-94 the Huskers for this Danny Nee afternoon at Pinnacle Bank Arena, that was a team that, that needed to make a run in the Big 8 tournament to go make the NCAA tournament. We all know how that ended up. Is They had to go play on a Thursday, didn't have their legs, you end up falling. With this team this year, do you feel like they are better prepared than, than past Hoiberg teams to potentially make a run at the Big Ten tournament? Assuming they can continue to to, to make it work at home, get some wins, you would hope that they would get then a, a first-round bye. Is this a team that it feels like to you with their three-point shooting could make a run at the Big Ten tournament, similar to that 93-94 team in order to solidify a spot in the tournament?
0: I mean, they're definitely – definitely better suited than than most teams of of, of the Hoyberg era um you got a player like well i think you you hit on elijah anytime you get into a tournament setting like they, they've got a number of guys who can shoot it and, and if they all kind of get hot at the same time yeah you can you can go there and win it i mean they've already they've already beaten beaten purdue um you know so it kind of shows you and they shot extremely well we've talked we've talked about that enough um but it kind of shows you, like, the ceiling here is, is pretty high. It's just a matter of how are you moving towards your ceiling at this exact juncture or are you moving towards your floor? And, and we'll find out. I mean, if Nebraska, they've got, what, 11 games left? They win seven of those. Um, they're they're probably, they're probably a pretty safe team going into the conference tournament for, for an NCAA tournament bid. Um, but we'll see you know I think they've got six of those games left on the road and they haven't won there yet so they got to go they got to go do it themselves
2: Boggs, I want to spend a second on this this makeup and the the Jekyll and Hyde there's clear comfort and the the energy that PBA brings the emotion this team has and while you're at home celebrating, doing all sorts of third-base signs after every three-point make. Crowd loves it. But You're doing it on the road when you're down and you've kind of pissed away two 12-point leads. I worry about some of the key guys' maturity and how they roll with the punches. And uh, I worry about, you know, the timetable of Gary because he he and Rank are your, your blue-collar tough dudes down low. Uh, and i I think alec can can provide some good rod rodman guy tough guy in maryland though i mean come on now rink Mm -hmm.
3: rink tough guy down low at maryland not so much at ruckers
2: or Rutgers sorry Uh, i don't think he had any help he tried he didn't get help by the officials either but no i i don't think he had any help i mean the guy looked like he got clawed by one of Siegfried and Roy's tigers, for God's sake! I read that <laughs> this week. So I mean, he was trying to do everything he can, and it was one on five down low, and everyone else is just staring and blinking at poor Rink as he's bleeding everywhere. I mean, so yeah, you need Gary, uh, and you need your your guards to help rebound there. So I I just hope that this team can can find a little junkyard dog and not be as finesse. They hit a bunch of tough shots, but great um don't take some of those early in a possession and you know ignite the other team's comeback trip so they they played smart basketball they've taken good shots in some key moments at pba i just i need them to to grow up if i'm a nebraska basketball fan on the road and, and realize all right there's some some moments every possession does matter to sound cliche but uh, they they, <clears throat> they had that and they they let it get away and then they're then the the roller coaster starts because they're the worst thing in America from being the best thing in America. So how do they handle this uh, the success and how do they respond to the failures? They've responded to the failures in the past and they did so by getting better at home. They need to finish the job. Wisconsin's kind of beat them up. Minnesota's beat them up. Rutgers clearly beat them up. So I just don't like. Uh, those matchups moving forward they are what they are and they're not they don't have enough tough guys right now
0: yeah i I think i think that's an accurate kind of lay of the land you know at at home uh you can have those things and you can be you've almost got a mature enough to to embrace being on the road and being up 12, like, yeah, you're doing You're celebrating the same way you do at PBA. It's just, everybody hates it instead of everybody loves it. And and I think you got to come up with a way to appreciate that a little bit, like enjoy, enjoy the villain road, uh, villain role. And I don't know. I think, you know, one of the, what, a month ago, when Nebraska was looking like, all right, this this is starting to feel like a tournament team, I think my question was: Is when you get in those games, when you get in an NCAA tournament game, and you need a bucket to take a lead or just to stop a run, something, where are you going? And and I still don't know the answer to that question. I mean, Tom Donovan looks like Bryce you.
2: Williams at times
0: he's he's the type of player i think that 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 can fill that role but and i think a little bit of this is just today's college basketball is you get in those big 10 road games um and like things take a turn in terms of transfers like a guy's kind of gotta like i guess look at the difference between a guy who's maybe been here for three years and says like look guys I, I'm tired of this. We've done this too much. Give me the ball. I'm going to score. And we're going to, we're going to, we're going to end this run or we're going to turn things around. Sam Hoiberg in overtime would, would be kind of a good example. I mean, that guy hit two huge, huge shots to like even give him a shot over, over the final minute and half of the game. It's not that transfers can't do that i just they, they don't have that kind of accumulation of nice. i'm tired of this you know if, mm. if that makes sense i don't know mm-hmm. um you know i think to, to mark's point about mast um i think i see what he was saying like his game is just different than some of the bigs we see in the big 10 who look like linebackers but they happen to be six <laughs> ten. And and you know and to, to chris's point like how are you going to win those games where you can just get muscled a little bit? Because it's not that Mass, you know, lacks the the want to or any of that. He just plays. He just plays a different kind of game, and Euro. it's been very successful.
3: So. Yeah, he's he's a Euro player. He's skilled um, on the outside, and he's a great passer in the high post. Nebraska's been so lucky with guys in the high post that can dish with Walker followed up by by Mass. So I mean, just total passing of the baton there. How about Boo booie though? I, I would say out of the Big Ten. That's probably my favorite player. That's not at Nebraska. That dude is an absolute killer. First team All Big Ten, six two. I don't know how he translates to the NBA or not. I just honestly don't know. Um, but he's gonna be he's gonna be tough to deal with for Nebraska. What do you do to defend him, if Brandon? Because I feel like you do have to think of doing some specials. Keep in him in the locker room. Yeah, I mean seriously <laughs> though, he's he's a he's a killer.
0: He is, um, and he can he can hurt you in a variety of ways. I think you know Nebraska against Purdue did a really good job against Edley, and it was you know uh, it was basically you you have to double them and and you take your chances with with the rest of the team hurting you, hurting you from three, Um, and and Purdue made some shots like uh, just not not nearly at the clip that Nebraska did so. I would expect we'll see something pretty, pretty similar there. Uh, you do have to defend Bowie. You, you throw some specials at him. Uh, you try to mix up where, where the double teams are coming from. Uh, but at, at the end of the day, you know, it's kind of, he's just a good player. He's going to, he's going to figure out a way to, to, to hurt you. Uh, it's just a matter of how
1: badly. Where does Boo Bowie rank on the college basketball all-name list in your opinion, Brad? Oh
3: man, it's the best. Great name. It's, Fun Fun to pronounce.
0: It, it is. It's, it's got to be up there currently. Um, college basketball is so vast, though, that I think if we started ticking down the list, uh, Mark mentioned Nebraska will have two cookies um, in, yeah. in, the, in the house. Uh, you start going down the list, and uh, you <laughs> your all-name team could end up being 300 names long. Yeah, Fats the, Russell. I mean, come on. Like...
2: Ninth, ninth team. God, oh, oh, Sham, God Sham God is the best <laughs> name ever from Providence
1: Wait did you guys see there's a guy in college basketball this year by the name of a million bugs What no, no it's not <laughs> yeah. No it's not Yeah His first name or his, his full name his, was? his first name is a million His last name is bugs A million two two words One word One word A million A million
3: a million bucks. Wow.
1: Bugs with two mil- G's. It's sort of like a million bucks,
3: I guess, is sort of what they're going for. A little pun. How about having a, a name that's
1: a pun? Yeah, he, that's play, just... he plays for the University of Central Missouri. A million bugs. Hometown. Transfers.
2: Hometown, yeah, Chicago, uh, Illinois. Huh. Love it. bugs. Uh. what's happening with you? What's coming up from Counter Read? And tell folks about CounterRead.com.
0: Yes, twice weekly Substack newsletter from, from myself and Aaron Sorensen. Um, just been working through things in in the off season. Uh, yesterday, kind of wrote a wrote a week recap, touching on Thomas a little bit, uh, some final numbers from twenty twenty three football, and a brief discourse on on Nebraska basketball. Um, so I have plenty of that coming up to start the week next week. Uh, Aaron's got our, our first newsletter out of the gate talk a little bit about the polynesian bowl which we we talked and and just a general week weekend uh to kind of set the stage for for what's ahead so you can head over to counterread.com uh check out what we're doing there it's free to free to subscribe to to start and uh check out what we're doing and, and hopefully uh you'll you'll see enough to like to become a paid subscriber
3: hey a quick little thing before we get you out brandon uh layla blackwell is a middle blocker transfer from San Diego the Toreros, um graduate transfer thank you uh and so she, she comes to Nebraska do you, do you know how she figures into the mix do you know much about her
0: uh not a ton off off the top of my head other than that San Diego team um kind of i mean they were they were rated highly but this put it this way S- San Diego isn't one of the fixtures in in the final four really accomplished program though so kind of another one where uh, Nebraska Nebraska recruits extraordinarily well uh, and you do your best in terms of determining, you know, talent, uh, how it all fits together, but a player that kind of proved themselves elsewhere and now they get to come to, to Nebraska and it's it's a little bit of the rich get, get richer. But, hey, if you're the rich, uh, you're perfectly fine with that.
2: Bogues, love it. Appreciate you. We'll check in next week, Elijah. Yeah, one, one last thought chime. for you, Brandon. John Ryan
1: uh, he chimes in on Twitter and asked about Nebraska's lack of a, a true point guard. I want to get Brandon Vogel's advice to maybe Jamarcus Lawrence, Kisei Tomanaga, running the point guard position for Nebraska out of necessity. Do you have any point guard advice for those two with your your noted high school basketball experience?
2: Well, and, and we're talking we're talking a killer killer point guard at Hastings College. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah uh
0: don't don't turn it over uh, <laughs> that's pretty much <laughs> that's pretty much pretty much what it comes down to uh be willing to play some defense but I, I mean honestly like a lot of this offense runs through runs through mast he doesn't bring the ball up but uh he, he may may as well be nebraska's point guard when they're on their half of the court a lot of the time so it's not traditional uh and speaking of the ncaa tournament and if nebraska gets there that's usually a problem come come march but let's let's make it to march first
2: the uh the other just summing it up don't gamble that's that's right take care of, take care of the basketball uh find the open guy it's not complicated yeah
1: yeah they, right. they make it look pretty complicated sometimes <laughs> they really do
3: <laughs> don't <made it all laughs>
2: very difficult don't gamble yeah. all right folks yeah. be good take care brother right. thanks, thanks again. guys have a good one I like wow. how our
3: comments have just completely devolved into people doing like, you know, names of. <laughs> just... <laughs> Come on, people are just putting in names. <laughs> of... <laughs> and, and for those uh, just listening, like Rick chimes in with, "I knew a guy named Dick Fitzwell."
2: <laughs> That's what he says. Capital really, F. Gary Shaw's and a four coffee on his laptop and run from the the scene right now. The Iron Horse back with us. Sharpie, how are we doing this morning? We're doing good.
4: Hey, always right from Rhode Island and then uh, a team that I'm seeing today in Kansas City, they have two twins, Promise and Precious Idiero. Oh, really? Precious? Precious. But his brother,
1: his twin brother, is Promise. Huh. I loved that movie, Precious.
2: (laughs) Never saw it. (laughs) Precious. (laughs)
1: Precious.
2: <laughs> that is... Isn't that the dog's name in Silence of the Lambs? Yeah, now we've gone
4: dark. Oh my god. How about that Jizzle? No
2: How about Jizzle
4: James <laughs> at Cincinnati? He's a guy. <laughs> How come you go with Jizzle right after we say Silence of the Lambs? Hey, come have on. you guys watch much Clemson basketball? No. No. No, I do they not an, They got an assistant coach named Dick Bender.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic oh uh, by the way Gary chimes in uh, if you're watching in the stream you know we, we, we try to get fancy with our, our names and <laughs> Gary went with my name is Luca and I live on the second floor and, uh, <laughs> because I woke <laughs> up
4: today do you guys know yeah. what MTV plays at 7 in the morning on Saturdays haven't watched I do, MTV I do in not. a long time <laughs> hey uh, Elijah MTV is something that three of us grew up on I, I mm-hmm. thank you Thank you. I'm and not... they used to play music videos, not just, uh, you know, these reality shows, um, but they play 80s music. Oh, oh wow. Cool. Ah. And so I hadn't Where'd heard that hear? song in a long time. You, oh, that was the song you heard. Okay. No. Yeah. My name is not Luca, but I and, and I don't live on the second floor.
3: Well, Florian, it looks like That's third
1: penthouse. Yeah,
3: third. I, can't <laughs> reveal, I, I can't reveal that. Uh, okay, well, you don't think... want to get you don't want to get picked off by it well, cause I said something negative about somewhere. snow
4: plowing and why my roads are not plowed, so I don't want them
1: to know
3: where I live. Fair. Don't want to piss off
1: those salt truck guys. I, I swear to God this week, I did Please see a, a snow plow in my neighborhood hit back to back to back mailboxes <laughs> as it was driving down the road. and it just left Carnage for like a day. Uh, like the rest of the night, oh, there was just like
2: mailboxes sitting in the road. Good for you okay. having a mailbox. Didn't hit yeah, my mailbox. But...
4: Yeah, it was a uh, it it was a rough week for people who had to work outside. I mean, I salute oh. the men and women that are mail carriers and anybody else oh. that had to work outside. Absolutely brutal.
3: Yeah, terrible, terrible day. But a good but we lesson got 30s is, coming up.
4: A good lesson is the next time you buy a house, buy it next to the mayor of your city.
3: Mm. Very, yeah, that's a good. If call. you can't afford it, where does where does old Jean live? Uh, I'm assuming stri- Happy Hollow, Dundee. She strikes me as a western omaha person you think i was thinking more like happy hollow dundee I don't oh, know. what are you
4: thinking like 24th and l
3: Nah, just more like 50th dodge-ish you know like somewhere in that vicinity who knows who knows what the hell are we even talking about can we talk let's, sports let's here?
2: get let's get to hawaii The yeah uh, that's and, where we should and have then, gone i know we i know talked with vogues a little bit about it gary sharp with us, the, Hor- the iron horse the iron horse and I need to get your take here. Grain of salt, clearly. But did you uh, did you watch a little bit of the Polynesian Bowl last night? Yeah, and I got upset because
4: there were turnovers all over the place. You forget you forget all-star games, how much substitution there is. Yes. And to be honest, I haven't watched one of these in a while. I used to watch the All-American Bowl in San Antonio. I used to watch that from start to finish because I like the declarations at halftime when we used to have just one signing day. Um, but, yeah, I... <laughs> I watched in the second half. You know, you had the first throw from uh, Riolà to Nelson, and you went, "Huh?" And then uh, watching more of Dylan in the second half, yeah, I, it's kind of it's kind of what I thought for an All Star game. It's kind of actually what I thought for the three guys that played. Um, I will tell you, Nebraska might have something with an offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Tom Mua looked pretty good at left guard. He he kind of blended in. So if you didn't know his number. You know, you you couldn't really focus on him, but I thought he was pretty dominant at guard. I think Nebraska had a good showing yesterday.
3: And Mu is going to be one of the later rivals too. Yeah. Most of the most of the players will be here in January to go through spring. Uh, but, but with that said,
4: lunch. I was thinking about this yesterday, guys. How many Samoan, Polynesian, Hawaiian type offensive linemen have come to Nebraska and haven't made an impact?
3: Not I many. Mean, Tony
4: Tata. You know, it, it, it's Maybe been, he's been a
2: linebacker.
4: Yeah, it's yeah. but it's been a while. You know, you had that stretch where you had you had Dom, and then you had Finotti, who I still don't think gets enough run for being as good as he was. Finotti as an offensive was a tackle. beast. And then yeah. he he kind of got put through the ringer, and he had his ups and downs. But uh, Billy Waldrop, Dan Billy Waldrop yeah. started for multiple
3: years. Yeah, yeah. By the way, t- Finotti, they had to have special ordered him a helmet. I've literally never seen a human being with a head that big. It was absurd. That dude was. I've never seen a human being built like him before. Yeah, he was was so funny. He didn't
4: like to talk, um, but I got to interview him a couple of times. He was Nebraska's version of Andre the Giant. I mean, his hands were ginormous, but he had such a great personality. Man, he would laugh, and he would tell stories. And then when you tried to ask additional questions, he was so quiet. But, you know, most of those guys that come from the island, you know, when they leave the island and they go play somewhere, you know, specifically Oregon, BYU – they usually pan out. So mm-hmm. I, I, think Nebraska, I think Nebraska adding nice offensive line depth, but I, I, I think also sprinkling, hey, let's start a pipeline. I think they did that the other day in Colorado. They've been doing it, um, and that's nice to get into the islands because we always talk about, hey, is Mike Cavanaugh going to enjoy his trip out there to recruit? Well, I think Nebraska's serious because now they have a connection on their roster with Donnie and Dom and now Dylan.
1: Gary Sharp with us here, a weekend edition of Hale Varsity. And Gary, let's get to the position everyone wants to talk about, and that's quarterback Dylan Ryle, his performance last night. Said yesterday on the show you need to take some of the All-Star game stuff with a grain of salt. Guys haven't played together. Uh, I mean, it's not like Dylan Ryle is going to be sitting out there in Hawaii a week watching film on the All-Star defense. With that in mind, was last night kind of proof that, you know what, interceptions not always a quarterback stat because of of what we saw last night. I I think (laughs) Dylan Raiola, maybe not to blame for any of the turnovers for his offense. Well, he threw a little bit. The the first interception
4: was a little bit of a duck. I, I will tell you the thing that I wanted to watch. So it's wild how he looks. His mannerisms are so much like Mahomes. He wears 15. He has the haircut. He has that little pitter patter walk. When he scrambles, you know, he kind of holds the ball out there. He had the, the no-look pass. I, I think what I saw last night is a kid that has been a quarterback for a long time. And if you are Glenn Thomas and you're working with him, you realize you got a kid that is farther, further along in development than a lot of freshman quarterbacks that you deal with from the footwork, the knowledge, just being able to read the defense, the knowledge of what the other ten on the field are supposed to do. Now – what will, what will be a challenge is you can't be so willy-nilly and, and showboating because guys are bigger, faster, stronger, and they're going to throw things at you. So I, I'll be interested to see how he adapts, how quickly he adapts to the speed of the game. But, man, when he has time and he's able to survey the field and just play pitch and catch or unleash the arm, man, there's a lot to like there. That is they, Watching just sample sizes last night, and what Nebraska had last year, it gives you hope that he's going to be able to get going quickly in uh, playing quarterback at the Division One level.
3: Gary Sharp with us on the weekend edition of uh, of Hale Varsity. And um, now, when you look at when you look at the offensive linemen that that Nebraska is bringing in, and who they're bringing back, we mentioned Tamua. Do any of these guys figure in? Does Tamua figure in? soon or do you think nebraska's offensive line depth is such that you're really not going to be able to be a rookie whether you're preston or a bricks that you're bringing in from iowa some highly rated guys that nebraska's yeah. landing are they going to have to sit and wait or are they going to be pressed into action um i like the question apparently schmitty and elijah didn't because they both they left the yeah I,
2: uh, i'm sorry i got two freak shows here that are running in and out of the okay, house. Okay, that sounds a little personal. That sounds a little personal,
3: <laughs> you know, especially if um, we're
2: talking Silence of the
3: Lambs and all that. This is getting
4: – So, so, <laughs> yeah, but- so like, Bricks is Bricks is interesting to me. Like, I I want to see him pass pro. You know, they didn't throw a lot of uh, footballs at Logan Magnolia. But I think they're in a spot where the addition of Mazuka and the guys that are returning, they like their depth without having to use a true freshman. And – Come on, let's be honest. It's difficult for a true freshman to get on the field and play regularly. You'd like to get them a little bit of a taste. But I think they they, they like their depth. They like where they're at because I think we talked about this last week. They feel like, you know, they always talk about, hey, I want to get to eight. If we can get to eight offensive linemen, I trust. And it seems like some years they only get to four offensive linemen they trust. I do believe that they feel they're in a good spot that they could get to eight. Now, remember, Sam Sledge is one to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. He didn't play a ton last year, but he developed as the season went along. So he's a guy to watch like in spring. Um, and then some of the other guys that last year, you know, they brought in. They made a commitment to the offensive line, but I think they like the guys that are here and then maybe the guys that are coming in to get them a little bit of taste. But no one they're counting on to say, hey, man, you got to come in and day one. Man, you got to be fighting for a starting spot. And, that,
3: and that's a good problem to have. Now, hey Gary, on the coaching staff, um, rule essentially running it back, bringing in Glenn Thomas, tight end coach is going to slide. I don't know if he's leaving the program or if he's going to slide back to more of an off the field. role. Be an analyst, analyst. Okay, so he's sliding into that. So not not a lot of shakeup there, but behind the scenes, a lot of the operations guys, personnel guys, there's been a little. There's been quite a bit of a shakeup there. Um, is there is there something in particular behind the scenes? that has to be addressed that maybe was a little bit short that you're aware of, or is this sort of normal attrition based on, I don't know, kind of the, the fluid nature of those positions anyways, and the fact that Rule had to fill those guys pretty quick, and maybe some of it is they're not happy, so they're leaving, some of it maybe he's kicking them out, or is there something behind the scenes that's, that, that was really subpar that Rule's trying to address here? No, I, I don't think there should be an
4: overreaction um, maybe a little bit of surprise because a couple of those guys have been with Rule for a long time. Here, here's what Rule has done this year. He did a lot of listening, and he did a lot of observing while he was trying to move this program through his first year. And I think, you know, once the season ended, he he subtly said right after the Iowa game, and then in his end of the season press conference. That, and I'm going to paraphrase here, that I'm going to go through this program with a fine tooth comb. Mm -hmm. And he listens, he listens to a lot of people that he trusts in the business. And then also, also people around the state that are in the game of football. And Rule is very observant. Rule is a taskmaster, man. Rule grinds. And I'm not saying the guys that aren't here in the recruiting office didn't grind, but Rule's on a whole different level. I, I wouldn't read much into it. You know, they, they told them right after the first of the year that they were going in a different direction, um, and they 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 move on. But but they have so many different people off the field that are helping Nebraska football that I don't think they're going to miss a beat. You know, rule is pretty organized, but you know, I, again, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't read too much into it. Um, they're good guys. I, I I know all four that are public. Um, it just you know, it's it's year two and rule. Rule knows the window has opened and there's a sense of urgency and he's always looking to improve. Look at guys. there's such an angst of, Oh my God, they have more than 85 scholarship guys. Look at what they've done this week. They added to the class of 24. Maybe by we talk again next Saturday, they will have added to the class of 24 again. They're always looking to upgrade. They finally are playing big boy football instead of giving people loyalty clauses where, hey, I like you, mm. and, you know, you do an okay job, you can stick around, or the same on the field. They're like, no, it's time to win. We we need to find every asset that helps us win. So they're acting like big boy football, finally. They're paying people like big boy football, and they're they're managing a roster like big boy football.
1: And and, you, and with that roster management, Gary, is Nebraska in on maybe a, a five-star offensive tackle from Iowa? Is, is Proctor going to be no. a Hawkeye?
4: No, he – I think he's all Iowa. Now, you know, his girlfriend goes to Creighton. Oh, if he Creighton got had a, right. a So he a. can play a. for a. the a. Creighton a. football a. team. Yeah, if Creighton had a football <laughs> team, man, they'd have a dominant uh, left tackle. No, I, I think, you know, remember he committed to Iowa. Uh, I think they're going to they're gonna go and grab the bag, and he will be compensated really well at Iowa. But also, but I don't know, is he going to be added to the roster, or is he going to call plays? That's the thing. <laughs> we're, uh, aren't we on about 80 days without
3: an OC at Iowa? Do you think they even need an offensive coordinator, though? I mean, really. It's just handed off a couple times, thrown in completion, punt. Like, <laughs> that's their you know what? That's you, know, their you, know, you know why
4: they need an offensive coordinator?
3: <laughs> because I feel bad for Phil Parker. Yeah, seriously. That's fair. Yeah. I, I love what Tony White's doing, but pay, pay Parker $700 million and have him be your coordinator.
2: Uh, you know – <laughs> buddy iowa russ checks in and, and, and uh in an email and is like no iowa never burnt that bridge with with proctor they understood the yeah. they didn't probably like it but they understood it was you know bama and uh the uh the door was open and Sharpie, I, I, I've s- heard
1: rumors he is already enrolled at classes at iowa so yeah i just thought i throw the I question the, out there
2: nebraska made an overture or at least there was some outreach but um iowa's you know home for him yeah he his best friend. I mean, it's it's turned into a really good high
4: school program just on the outskirts of Des Moines mm-hmm. and Southeast Polk. His best friend was one of their starting defensive backs last year.
2: Okay, Southeast Polk's legit. Yep, yep. yep. they're good. Sharpie, get to switch gears. It is Danny Knee Day. It's also a monster response game for Nebraska basketball. Uh, a lot of seed projections say Nebraska's still in. Some say they're they're out. But uh, Nebraska's put themselves in position to. All right, you've got a, a win over the number one seed right now. They're probably one of the top 68 teams right now, but not all 68 get in, obviously. So Northwestern comes to town. So does Danny Knee, and, and I know you were covering Husker Athletics with Nee. Cranack, and I had a just a, a hell of a good time when we were starting our careers. Coach Knee gave us a ton of time on our college radio show. Yeah, he came yeah, to he the did. studio. He, was he the showed best. up with, with yeah. Budweiser tall Boys. It was... It was great. And then Kranak asked him about his roster. <laughs> you got to get the back straight, Mark. Who's you got to get gonna, back gonna, straight. Who's going to be off the roster next year? I was right. Gonna, you're over. <laughs> but, I was right. But, but uh, Dave I was Dave, right. the best. He was always a good best. dude to my dad. Uh, and that's just from a personal standpoint, getting his tickets to the Big 8 tournament. I mean, it was awesome. I love that 93-94 team they were characters, they were talented, they threw a party and Danny Nee and showed up with a case of beer to party with his guys and then told the cops I'll I'll make sure the guys keep the noise down. I mean it, yes. it, it, yes. Was, it was cool, man, and you were a part of that. You you got to see it up close. Yeah, I, coach Nee has always been
4: great to me. And you know, I hosted his radio show for the last four years that he was the head basketball coach and you know he took some arrows,
3: he took some arrows late in his career. Which
4: sucks. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You also remember, I was hosting the show the night he came in and said he was leaving Nebraska on the air. Yeah. Oh, Rut- Rutgers. Yes. 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 So that 93-94 <laughs> team, I mean, number, you had oh. so many characters in the Big 8 back then. You had players and coaches that were characters, and Danny was – I mean, Danny was the first – and it's really interesting because you had side-by-side Coach Osborne and Danny Neat, and they Holy. both were having great success, you know, on different levels, but great success at the same time. But you had – Two completely opposite guys. Remember, you had – Danny was doing commercials. You remember the Goodrich commercial that he would do? Uh, His ties, his sport coat. He was a character. And, man, he embraced being a basketball coach at a football school. And he made Nebraska basketball important. You know, they they found ways, loopholes to get guys on campus. And, man, they had a ton of talent. But Danny was – Danny was fun. You know, he, he made it fun. He was great to all of us. He loved the fans. Um, he loved being at Nebraska. He he just, you know, everybody's got a story. That's the thing. Like, you've got a story. If you were there the night that Harold Miner sent the Devaney Setter uh, scoring record and 43. Steve Johnson, the great Steve Johnson, no more for Nebraska volleyball PA, he announces it. And Danny, in the middle of the game, turns to Steve Johnson and he says, who the F cares and started hollering at him. And he goes, your job's over. In the middle of a game as the ball is going up and down the floor. Um, you know, that 93 team where Schmidt is absolutely right. It's kind of like when, when Nebraska baseball went to the College World Series for the first time, Dan Johnson and Matt Hopper threw this enormous party. And Dave Van Horn drove by, and he's like, I got to go in. So he went in, and it was just a debacle going on inside. But that's what in 93, 94, those guys, they partied hard, but they played harder. And they were a lot of fun, and they were really, really good. And Danny let them be who they were. You remember, I remember when they were down in Kemper back in Lincoln, it just took over the entire city. The city stopped when Nebraska was playing in the Big A championship, and then they were coming back. So they're driving up Interstate 29. They want to find out where they are in the NCAA tournament. They pulled off at that convenience store. When you get off at Nebraska City on 29 and you start to make your way to Highway 2, they stopped. And once people in the town found out that Nebraska basketball, after winning the Big Eight, was there, they got swarmed. People were coming to the convenience store to see (laughs) Nebraska basketball players as they were trying to find out what seed they were in the tournament. Um, I mean, everybody's got a story. Uh, It was just – it was a place to be. Devaney was packed. There was the dog pound. I mean – that was that was fun. Game started at 1245 on the Phillips 66 after the Phillips 66 pregame show with Doug Bell. They were at 1245, 305. Man, you couldn't get enough of it. It's just unfortunate that at the tail end it went south. Um, you had the walkout where those guys walk into Bill Burns' office and he says, Get the F out of here. Go back to basketball. As Teron Liu was the only guy that stayed. They win. You know an nit championship, so the Devaney Center got another banner as part of the Apple Orchard. But you know the,
0: the,
2: the tail end,
4: the tail end for Danny was that day on a Monday night where he walked into KLIN where I was hosting the show. He usually brought refreshments, beer, mm-hmm. um, and I had to tell him. I said, "Hey, we." I'm drinking right with you. They don't care if you drink in the studio. But Danny, you can't open up a bottle of beer right next to the microphone. <laughs> I and he, what do he do? The next one? And people are like, ah, I love you, coach. Um, <laughs> but he brought refreshment and pizza or something because he was coming straight from the office or practice and he wanted dinner. That night, guys, he walked in. There was no beer. There was no pizza. His wife was with him. And they had a dog. And I'm like, Ooh, he came in, sat down. The dog walked around on the console of uh, the, the radio, uh, the studio. And Danny says, within about 10 minutes, I'm going to Rutgers. And I think Jimmy Williams should be the head coach. And I went, whoa, this is news to me. Phone calls start coming in because people are like, ah, oh, Coach Nee, I love you. Then there's a main call that comes in 11 minutes into the show. It's from Bill Byrne. And John Bishop was answering the phones at the time, and he took the message he said, he asked me to come outside of the studio, and he said, "Hey, Bill wants Danny to call him when he gets off the air and as Bill said, "I need my basketball coach to call me when he's done The next day, Rutgers announces a brand new head coach it's not Danny nee and after that, you asked Pike Kowski or some of the other guys that were you know in the mix uh they said it was over after that. And you saw attendance waned, and they weren't very good. And unfortunately, in 2000, after they lose in the Big 12 tournament at Kemper Arena, Nick Joes is the color analyst on the radio broadcast, and he's trying to talk about all the positives. And Danny looks at him, and he goes, Ah, Nick, don't even try. It's over. We're done. <laughs> but there, I, I remember there were so it's many amazing. other great times, man. He made it fun. It it was it was cool to be a Nebraska basketball fan. It was really it was a it was the height of Nebraska athletics, men and women, because you had a volleyball championship in there. But man, he was God. He was fun. He was such yeah. a great character, and 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 he was a really really nice guy. I mean, I don't care. You know, you know this if you sat at the round table at Barry's. You know, yeah. sixteen yep. minutes after the game was over, he was drinking with you and telling stories. Yeah. Man, he he was one of a kind, and I'm glad he's back today.
2: And you know, he he's still he's still the same coach knee as he always was. He was you mentioned that round table at Barry's where you you beat Billy Tubbs in his horrendous comb over. It's a Sunday. Oh yeah. And it's it's a year before they win the Big Eight tournament. And so you're at that folks are at that round table and, and all of a sudden he starts handing out tickets <laughs> for the big eight. Tournament in Kemper, you know Thursday, and he's just holding court, brother, in the basement of Barry's. Uh, I mean, it was it was it was cool. And well, you, our, you, our family got sucked in. We went, <laughs> and there may or may not have been uh, some Jack Daniels traded with Pike, with Chubbs, and with with Steve Schmidt at at, at midnight before the ten fifteen tip off. Yeah, um, <laughs> they, they 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 you're right, brother. They went hard on and off the court, and I, I just appreciate the characters to, so, to match the talent. So his thing was, his
4: whole goal was to be at Barry's before Kent or Warren Swain signed off on the postgame show. So <laughs> he, he, would have, <laughs> he would have somebody pull his car up to one of the closest exits to the floor. He'd have it started, and so he would do his postgame radio show. He would get up, Kent – Kent had one more break. Danny would walk out of the building, walk right into his car, and then he would drive to Barry's. And usually he was out of his car and walking to Barry's as Kent was thanking the sponsors and wrapping up. Danny would walk into Barry's. They would have a beer ready for him. He would never sit at the bar. He would usually sit at a table or he'd walk around and talk to people. There's one night I was in there. um, Coach McBride was in there. Yep. And it was wild. Oh, <laughs> effing coach! No, you'll never believe this. Uh, it, it was, it, it was just like story time. I mean, you know, there's also he had a he had an interesting staff. You know, Schmitty, you have a great relationship with Coach Smith. Uh, coach Bargan was great. Yes. Um, but then you had Jimmy Williams, who was the guy that, man, in the NIL world today, where you could pay guys and take care of them, Jimmy wouldn't know what to do. He'd be like, <laughs> whoa. Jimmy Williams would would stand at the Amigos in downtown Lincoln, and when the bars closed at 2 and basketball players rolled in there, Jimmy would pick up your meal. And if you were nice to Coach Williams, he'd also pick up your meal. He stood there next to Sheriff Woody and watched all the athletes come in. But if you were a basketball player, bam. You got 2 a.m. Amigos taken care of for you.
1: Rest, rest in peace to that downtown Amigos location, by the yes. way. That's well, right and, and, and,
2: and rest in peace to Al Papik, who yes. was huge with Nebraska basketball and yeah. helped Well, uh, helped, helped manage. Yeah, you know, another thing, I'm glad you bring
4: up Coach Papik, um, because he, he was the guy that had to tell Danny that he swore too much. Mm. Like, you know, Danny, Danny liked the F-bomb. Oh, like Danny yeah. might, Danny might cuss today. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know. so, so they, so Break people down, were, back. people, people were a little upset that you know here you got a New York guy uh, who, by the way, you know played high school basketball with Lou Alcindor, yeah. Yeah. Um, a guy who you know he's not to to isn't f bombing the fans or the PA announcer or you know all that kind of stuff. So there were some people that were upset in the athletic department and fans about Danny's language. Oh, yeah. So Coach Pappick had to go to him. And so they did this thing where Danny wore a rubber band. And if he swore, he had to snap it. Well, there was <laughs> this a is true?
0: This is so crazy to hear. <laughs> this is a they, – they won,
4: they won a game, and Danny wanted to go all off, like during the game. And so he kind of jokingly looked to Coach Pappick and he goes, can I just take this off? And <laughs> Coach Pappick said, yes.
1: <laughs> it's so good. Gary, good. D- Danny said earlier this week, he was on with the, the morning hookup here on, on KFR. He said he was surprised that Nebraska would have him back and honor him. Are you surprised that, that Danny's coming back and that Nebraska would have him back? Hey, no, because that um, was, that man, that's when a
4: lot of people came into Nebraska basketball. He's the greatest basketball coach Nebraska's had. Here's what is yeah. absolutely crazy about the impact that Danny had. And man, I thought, you know, that, that that team with Rich King and Bo reed that got a three seed up awesome. in the Metrodome. I thought they were going to break through. Yeah. You know, even the 93-94 team, who probably was out of gas after that three-game run at Kemper. Um, Nebraska's been to one NCAA tournament since he got fired. That's Jesus. 24 years. They've been to one tournament, and that Just was that Miles. Just one with
2: Miles. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Miles. Ten is years 40. ago. Ten years yeah.
4: ago. And, and Miles is probably the closest character to what Danny brought. You know, Doc had his, his uh, quirks, but Miles is the closest character to Danny. I, I'm not surprised they're, they're honoring him, uh, and I'm glad they are. And here's, the, here's a little backstory. So this was, you know, as they're looking for anniversaries and things to do at games, it came up during the summer, hey, we're coming up on the, the anniversary of that 93-94 team. What should we do? And Fred had a big part in this, guys. He was like, we got to get him back. Alumni weekend, we got to get him back. But we got to get Coach Knee back. So Coach Knee actually was called personally by Fred. Didn't know oh. this was coming. And called up Danny. And, you know, they've talked before. And Fred Recruited said, him. Yep. Danny, yeah, said, Danny, I would, I would like you to come back because we're going to honor your 93-94 team. It would mean a lot to me as the current – basketball coach at Nebraska to have the GOAT come back on that day. And Knee didn't even hesitate. Fred was telling me this story. He didn't even hesitate. He's like, no problem. What do you need? You know, you need me to get some other guys, you know. And they're like, no, we're going to work on that. We just want to make sure you're here. And so they are. You know, his son won't be here. We got to know Patrick a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, But Coach Knee is here. And, man, they have over 200 alumni. That's pretty cool. Um, I I wish they would wear – you know, they've worn throwbacks in the past. I tweeted out a picture of a old schedule poster. I wish they would go back to the warm-ups they wore with Those the tearaway pants.
2: They yeah. had some great warm-ups during Knees era. Hmm. Hmm. The uh, I think the, the 92 or 93 poster, um, this was w- against the brick wall with, with the, the hoop that was yeah. my elementary school they they and I <laughs> oh, lived cool. three doors yeah i lived three doors down from ruth hill elementary and that's where they shot it at hmm. and you know you got a chain around Derek chandler's neck and i don't think they ever put the chain back on the the no. the hoop but it was it was it was, DC, wa- it, was they... it was a party dude it was DC's... a party in that golden era yeah did you have a did any of you guys have a t-shirt DC swat team I didn't
4: end buying one.
2: Yeah. But, but uh, let
4: me ask you this, Co. So, Elijah, your question got me to think. Does does what Danny Need did at Nebraska become even even bigger and more amazing when we consider that Nebraska basketball in 20 nearly 24 years since then has only been there one time? Doesn't that help the absolutely. cause? Absolutely.
2: Yeah, it, I mean it's it's four, wild. Good for he he went to five. Oh, was it five? I thought it was he four. went to four in a row and then lose junior year they went, But, yep. no, I mean, and that's – Sharpie, there's like – despite your point about, all right, one in 24 years, that kind of defines what you are as a program. But yep. there's still the thought of you can get back to, to going every year, every other year. You can get up to that level, and it's not ever been that way because – you you either get close and, and, and build up to that bubble team yep. and then it's you know someone you move on you know you, you move on from doc you move on from tim and it it does take time to build into a tournament team and it's just not a situation where you go every year and and that's no. and people oh, get guys, impatient with that guys but the tournament about- is larger too i well, know i am not saying they yeah. shouldn't be in contention, yeah. not at all. I'm I just saying it's it, it's what they've been, and this year today's so important to get their mind right you know well, I mean because they've got a good team this year
3: think yep. about think about how who he had to do that against too, when it was just the big eight before moving into the big twelve in in 96 was i mean you're talking about Norm Stewart, Missouri. You know, you're talking about Roy Williams in Kansas. You're talking Billy about Tubbs,
0: Billy Tubbs in Oklahoma. Eddie Sutton, Eddie Sutton, Eddie Sutton, at Sutton in Oklahoma
3: State. Johnny Orr at Iowa State. Like you had, like, good luck, man. Like that was. It was pretty much K State just sucked. And well, they, they had Lon they Kruger though. They, they, they had weren't Lon even Kruger. But no, it, but okay. in the Big Eight. But in the Big Eight, I'm just saying they were pro. Like, if you have to stack rank, they were probably mm-hmm. one of the worst ones, and they were pretty damn good too. It was just uh, – it was an amazing level of competition. Brian Big Country Reeves and yeah. Danny Manning and – Mitch and Richmond. Mitch – I mean, on and on and on. Well, I mean, it, it,
1: it's its funny you guys got to witness, like, this era because in my lifetime of watching Husker basketball, it's been they need an act of God to get into the NCAA tournament. Like, no yeah. Sunday has to happen and God has to intervene and say, you know what, maybe Nebraska deserves something nice. Like, that's my only experience because my entire lifetime, it's like the the Jeter teams and the, the tally teams and – and Alec Marks, and, and Jorge, uh, what was it, Jorge Brian Diaz, is that right? Oh, God. Yeah. Like, those yeah, yeah. are all the teams where it's just like, man, maybe they can do it this year, and then they'd lose to Missouri and lose to Kansas and get ousted after getting one win in the Big 12 tournament. You'd say, well, maybe the NIT is okay, too. Like, it required an act of God to yeah. make it in the tournament. But they also had some dudes, man. Danny, Danny wow. and
4: his staff could recruit. They had some big-time players. We've all rattled off our favorite players from that era if that was – where you kind of got to know Nebraska basketball, there's guys that are forgotten. I mean, Derek Chandler, Vincent Hamilton, uh, Tony Farmer, Tom Best. I mean, really, really good players. It was – their roster was stacked. And also, you know, in the 90s, the state of Nebraska was churning out some big-time high school basketball players, and Nebraska was benefiting from it.
2: Strickland, Woolridge, Bad Sharpie, yep. uh, to, to Mark's points Sharpie. here, I mean, you have Danny – Killed it in Omaha, in the Metro. He got Omaha's best to come to Lincoln. Yeah, and you know, I, we we all know the
4: um, a rope situation where it went sideways for Tim. Uh, he got some bad advice. They tried to get back in. I, I will say, Michael Lewis at the end of uh, Miles' tenure, Coach Lou really worked hard in the Metro. I I believe that if. Miles had stayed, and they had had shown some progress, and Coach Lewis was still on his staff. He was going to snag Chucky Hepburn. He had really developed a really good relationship, and they thought they had a good chance with Salas. Um, But, you know, they they had a really uphill battle in Omaha. And I'll give credit to Fred. They have really worked hard in the last two-plus years of being in Omaha, Uh, Nate Lesnar and Fred. Fred, during the Metro Holiday Tournament, here in Omaha, he basically sat at Creighton prep and watched six hours of basketball. I mean, we're over the holidays. He's Uh, watching basketball. You know, Amari Bynum is somebody from Omaha, Brian, that they have a lot of interest in. Uh, You know, they, they, they got a Lincoln kid this year, but it's, it's one of those things. It's until they start winning because the team that is in this town that is winning kids want to go to, and that's Creighton. So if Nebraska wins, then they can open some eyes, but but they are working at it. They just need to get that one, and they go to they go to Lincoln and they do really really well, and then that starts it because that's kind of what Creighton has done. Creighton gets the one Omaha guy way back in the day. He does well, and it starts. Oh man, that's where I want to go to school. The, the Fre- Fred's thing, just like Danny, you have to make Nebraska basketball relevant and important. Well, if, that if, if- every single game, it's everybody wants to watch.
1: It sounds part of. borderline unbelievable now to someone of my age that a true seven footer and rich King would, would go from Omaha to Nebraska. Like it just seems so weird that, that like, I mean, you think of like the national recruitment yeah. of Salas and he'd go anywhere he wanted in the country that you go back to the nineties and rich King, a seven footer from Omaha is going to Nebraska. Like that, that just seems so unbelievable to Well, someone of that seven
4: footer. Now, Elijah was Justin Patton.
1: Yep. Mm. Yep. Who made in the NBA
3: for a bit, a uh, couple years with Creighton. How about, uh, you also got had some pretty good luck with like Chubbuck, you know Bruce yeah. Chubbuck Jr. Where, where where was he from again? I, it was a smaller
2: town. Atkinson,
3: yeah, yep. Atkinson, West Holt. You know, yep. smaller smaller school, and like, you know he was what six seven and vertical leap of probably thirty eight to forty inches. He was awesome. So you know you you don't get a whole lot of that either. You don't get a whole lot well, of that and, where you're getting small town Nebraska kids that can compete at that level. Well, and then and then all of a sudden you got a kid from Rapid City, South Dakota. Yeah. The Polish rifle. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's great, man. That's great. That's cool that they're honoring him. And he came in, you know, or D- Danny was, I think a victim of Bill Byrne, kind of professionalizing the Nebraska athletic department. It was pretty mom and pop under Bob Devaney. Right. And so that's where you got the characters and people had the autonomy and you could go drink with Bob at the at berries and like different deal, different deal entirely. And then Bill, turned it into an enterprise, right? He turned it into yeah. a professional enterprise with a real structure. And, uh, that's when all the, I mean, that's when they hoard out the Oscar vision screens and just <laughs> stole them like crazy, you know, and then we're still, at, well, we're Good still term. living with
2: it today. Right. Like we're hoard still out, attained sponsorships. I mean, wow. you, I mean it's for another, it's for another show, but, um, yeah, they had to,
3: of course, of course, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. I think Danny was sort of like – he was kind of like the – almost the symbol of yeah. of old Nebraska, mom and pop. You know, each team is its own kind of thing to a, a much more kind of professionally run organization that, that Bill brought in. And so it just didn't fit at that point. He didn't fit hey. anymore, but, hey. damn, he was fun. Hey, shouldn't they have been playing this game today in the Devaney Center?
4: Well – you know, the state basketball tournament plays in the Devaney Center and you got, you know, 57,000 lines on the floor. That would have been a unique thing. Now, I, you know, today they're going to have, what, 14,000, so you wouldn't be able to have 14,000 at the Devaney Center. But I hope they go all in because uh, this, uh, this is a cool deal. You know, it's the thing about all of us being Nebraska basketball fans is you go through the torture of a game like Wednesday night, mm-hmm. but, man, we can rattle off like nostalgia. Elijah's name and guys that I haven't thought of in a while. I'm very disappointed you did not mention Andre Almameda, the Brazilian steakhouse. But it's just, you know, it's like one thing when the – El (laughs) Grande? Yeah. I mean, Nebraska basketball, the return on investment that we all give to it is so lacking, but we can't say no. But, man, our nostalgia for Husker Hoops is unbelievable. I can't tell you – I went down the YouTube uh, hole yesterday watching – You know, Chubbick racing down the floor to block a shot. Jamar Johnson, a win against Michigan State where Steve Smith and Mike Poplowski got denied. I mean, all of that kind of stuff. It's just kind of, it's the unique thing about a Nebraska basketball fan. And people from the outside go, why? You guys have never won an NCAA game. You've been to the tournament one time in 24 years. And we go, you won't understand. It's Nebraska
3: basketball. We can't quit. (laughs) And we haven't even brought up Kamani Friend yet. Two F's. Two F.
2: Yeah. Kamani was it, good. Dolman was on the talent. call of that Kansas game, which is yeah. Not... Him and Bill Landis on yes. Prime Sports.
3: In terms of pure talent, give me Kamani, friend, out of out of Nebraska's all-time roster. Top him. You got anybody? Ooh, pure talent. Hamilton, pure. pure I'm talking New pure armor. talent. Pure athleticism Ooh. and talent. Kamani, oh, friend, is up there, big time. Top they, five.
2: They ripped him from Georgia Tech. Yeah. Which was yeah, nuts.
4: yeah. He had some issues with Nebraska basketball. Oh, I don't, think he's, I, I don't think he's back today.
3: No, no. I'm not saying that the guy was uh, a. <laughs> Isn't you know, he like unlocking Character. Up a <laughs> I, I wasn't saying he was a character guy. I'm just saying in terms of sheer athleticism, you would say, and talent. Sheer, okay, sheer athleticism. Brand was um, another planet.
4: Yeah, I'll give you that. I think the best player is is Lou probably yeah, fair I think I mean, the Farmer guy that the guy too. that diminutive fair. that took
3: over basketball games yeah I can see that yeah yeah probably best all-around player Strick is up there in terms of best yeah. all-around athlete obviously yeah. mm-hmm. um but yeah they had some jump they had some it, it's pretty much like you look at today's roster or look at Nebraska's roster and they and they're 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 a solid bubble team we know that solid basketball team but in terms of sheer athleticism no. Nah they they don't they don't have much of that.
1: It's so did you guys see the uh the tweet earlier this week that's just like, man, guys can sit around for 3 hours and just name obscure athletes and have the best time ever. This us this morning. It's just yeah. four guys sitting hey, around even with basketball it's,
2: players having the best it's, time. It's it's dudes naming dudes. <laughs> so it was good. That's, I want to I to go here before we we wrap it up. I mean, give me some Clifford Scales. Scales oh, was geez. nice. The old MJ tribute with the knee brace, yeah. So, who do you think Jose Ramos what, yeah, <laughs> see, you see how
1: easy it is to derail the conversation. schmidt has got a point, but you, you throwing another waiting. name. <laughs> I,
2: I I woke up early this morning and I was like, <laughs> "When do we have a Jose Ramos bomb?" I was going to put odds out. Who says Jose first? And Sharpie comes through at nine eighteen Central Time.
4: Hey, the man had a so he was he was a transfer. He was from Miami. He Hold would the, walk right? around campus. In a full length fur coat with a huge Philadelphia 66ers, 76ers
2: logo imprinted on the back of a fur coat. He got around, I, man. Then Al, Al Papak had to ask for that fur coat back. <laughs> Are we forgetting about Tom Wald, by the way? We haven't no, even. Oh, it.
4: no. Uh, Tom Wald still lives in Nebraska, I believe. I so loved he, Wald. He was a Mankato State transfer.
3: Yeah, he was. He three was a blue bomber. guy. I mean, Chris Cresswell. Yeah. Wald was a 47% three point shooter in his his last mm-hmm. year. Uh, he would,
4: yeah, he would, uh, he'd be the guy that would either hit from Beatrice or Scott's Bluff on the floor. Yep. Or, yeah. Or the map was. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: The original candidate. Uh, okay, yeah,
4: hey, the Devaney Center was one of a kind. You know, you had the planks that were up in the C section. Um, he oh, that that had that yeah. old scoreboard towards the tail end of the Devaney Center. He had that god-awful floor that had the, the the lane from the three-point lane in was colored, and they had the basketball at the free-throw line. But they also, for the longest time, the Devaney Center, um, and I think Colorado is the last major college basketball program that still have the baskets that come down from the ceiling. Really?
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That's right. It would come down from the top. Uh, Sharpie, uh, as we wind down here. Um, Mikey we, Moore. Mikey was nice. That's 12 years. Hey, he NBA had a nice season. NBA career. And he had lots yeah. of snakes. He's a reptile he guy. Jason Glock. It's up. Glock. Yeah, Jason was Glock
4: was a great player at Wahoo. He was Jason an integral part of those Wahoo's teams, finest. but he doesn't get brought up much. But, again, that was the stretch in the 90s, man. There were, there were some dudes that were hooping it up on, on Nebraska high school. I mean, you talked about Chubbick. His school, Schmitty, was it a C school? C one,
2: yeah. And he comes to Nebraska, and he was a baller. He was great. Well, Sharpie, this was good, brother. Uh, I'm headed down today to to cover the game, and hopefully get a chance to to bump into to Coach Knee. Uh, just I smile when I think of Danny and uh, what he did at Nebraska, but just the personality, and it's it's really awesome. Nebraska fans get a chance to to say thanks another time.
4: Yeah, I, I, yeah. You know, isn't it interesting, guys, because we did this with Solich last spring mm-hmm. and with Danny, and there's a love affair for Doc. Yeah. This is a unique – Nebraska's a unique place where some coaches that weren't necessarily great but gave us memories are beloved here. Now, the ones that probably will never be, you know, welcome back, we know. But it's just you – don't, you don't see this in a lot of places where some former coaches that got fired – are still embraced. Like Tim Miles is still yeah. embraced. Well, he, just, I think yeah. that's a Nebraska
1: thing. Bo, never, Bo Bellini, never get... if he ever got honored in Nebraska, and I don't think he ever comes back. But Husker fans would love to see Bo back at Memorial Stadium.
2: No, I and that's where I'm going. They need to honor Bo and say thanks to Bo. And I know there's fans who couldn't stand him or don't like him, but he did a hell of a good job. And he yeah, he won't come back, but they they absolutely need to to bring him back. Nice yeah, to be I... back with you, fair weather. Fans. Just kidding. He wouldn't say that. He, he might. That.
4: Yeah. You know what? That, that is one guy. So, gosh, if I'm going back here, you know, rule, rule. Talked to Scott. Um, he talked, of course, to Frank, and then to To. Did he ever say if he talked to Bo? I think he said he reached out. I don't know if they had ever crossed paths. Um, mm. but yeah, that would be that would be interesting. It's just you know, Danny. Danny will get a huge support i hope
3: i hope they give danny the mic today i do too oh god i want that how are they they got to extend halftime then like it's you know he's <laughs> going to be going into the second i, I will tell you so i've i've, I've it, it, you know danny will be
4: as emotional as danny knee can be mm-hmm. today i just I, I think this means a ton to him that's good
2: Sharpie, thanks uh, for popping in, brother. Always love our chats on Saturday mornings, man. This is good, and have a good call tonight. All right. Hey, thank you. And you know, maybe next week we can talk about the start of weightlifting and maybe a mat drill or two. Yeah, we'll get winter conditioning underway as the the team's back, and appreciate the uh, the Iron Heart Sharpie. Take care, brother. Thanks, thanks again, guys. But, Gary. There he is, sir. Gary Sharp. That's Mark Cranak. Can put your sponsor by his name, Elijah Herbal. Uh, like and subscribe to the show on youtube, Hail Varsity youtube channel, hail varsity radio, twitter at HVarsity Radio, uh, kfor sports on twitter and kfor on facebook. Before we, we get out
1: Elijah. B- before we get out, there's been some interest in a a Sunday hangover show being sponsored. I don't know why the, I mean the sponsorship opportunity is right here. Our dear friend
2: Verz does a a Husker hangover show with her dad on Sundays.
1: Mm,
3: Yeah, yeah, so that's kind of already taken. That's why I just proposed a, uh, maybe we just do a Saturday hammered show instead.
1: And Brandon asked, do you want to get hammered every Saturday?
2: I
3: mean, I don't want to, but I will for the people. You will right? for the like, people. <laughs> we can, <laughs> we, can, we can
2: chew on it. Yeah. But Vers kills it. Does awesome on, yeah, on Sundays. Mm-hmm. We love Vers, uh, yeah. So uh, we will uh, check in with you on Monday. Enjoy the weekend. And uh, thanks for tuning in to Hail Varsity Weekend. Godspeed.